You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Welcome everyone to Empower Me with Aerie show. I am Pastor Erica Holmes. I go by Queen Aerie because there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. The Bible talks about it. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And as we know our identity, we therefore know our authority. You all, I am absolutely honored that you decided to tune in with me today. Understand that I do not take it lightly to come before you to release what God is saying. I believe that you're going to be blessed by this message. Today, we're going to be talking about knowing who you are and talking about the identity crisis that people are facing or have faced. And so, but before we begin, let me go ahead and say a quick prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this opportunity to come before you, to come before your people, Father. I do not take it lightly. I thank you, Father God, that literally you use me for your glory. I thank you for every person that is listening, that is watching this right now and that will watch it. Father, I thank you that their hearts are receptive, that they are ready to receive what it is that you are saying for their lives. I ask you to really begin to minister and encourage them as a message is going forth about their identity. Father, reinforce in them your love, Father God. Remind them of who they are. So literally as this broadcast goes through, Father, as before we hit the end of it, that something is going to shift within their life for the better. Something is going to change, Father, and we're going to give you the glory for now and forever in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so again, thank you all so much for tuning in with me. I really count it an honor. And so God has really been, um, uh, you know, telling me to share this message because it's so imperative right now. I call us kings and queens because it's time to know who we are. I've talked about messages before like this. And as you know, at the beginning of every message, you you look at it, I'm going to say uh, something about royalty, something about kings and queens, because our identity is connected to our authority. We cannot forget that you all. That is very, very important. You may say, well, what does that mean? And so I want to bring it back early on right now to a few, to a couple scriptures we're going to start with that really, I believe, sets the foundation when we talk about authority, when we talk about position. When we talk about literally who we are in Christ. And so I want us to go to Ephesians chapter one, verses three through five, and then Ephesians two, five through seven. And so I'll start here. It says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. No, it says, no, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. You guys, my God, all throughout that scripture, did you hear with Christ in Christ? Know that God was strategic by selecting you and I in him. That is not something that we, uh, that we should take lightly ever. Do you realize that we are literally alive in Christ as if we literally died on the cross with him and we rose with him? Jesus died for our sins so that we can be free and have everlasting life. Jesus can do all things and guess what? So can we with him. And so I want to read the Ephesians chapter two, verses five through seven. It says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. 
that even though we were dead because of our sins, that he gave us life when he raised when he raised Christ from the dead. And it says it is not only by God's grace, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. You guys, I pray literally right there that somebody has begun to get begin to get a, a level of deliverance, a level of freedom because God has given you a revelation of what he is saying today through this message. I believe literally healing and deliverance is going to take place throughout this message and that God is going to ultimately get the glory. And so I want to highlight if you watch anything that I've done, any of my broadcasts, I love to give definitions. I love a lot of scriptures because it, when we have scripture, it is a foundation. It is what we can go back to. You may not remember every word that I've said, but if you write down the scriptures, you can get that in your heart. You can begin to repeat it. You really can begin to um, become those things. And so I want us to uh, listen to this definition that dictionary.com has in regards to identity. It says identity is the exact likeness in nature or qualities. I thought that was absolutely awesome because it reminded me of a scripture. It reminded me of Genesis 1:26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds in the air, um, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God has always created us to be like him. You all, did you hear that? God has always created us to be like him, to move like him in the earth, to be about his business, the assignments that he has chosen for us to do. And guess what? The enemy understood that. And that is why he came early on against Adam and Eve, because it was all about identity. It was about identity. It was about position. But what we have to understand is that Jesus came, as they say, the second Adam to redeem us again. Listen, I want you to begin to say right now, as you are listening to the sound of my voice, repeat after me, I have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. We have literally been put back into proper place. And if you believe that you are saved, guess what, you guys, we have to start acting like it more. Being saved is not just something you go around and you tell people, but we have to begin to share our testimony. We have literally must begin to do what God is calling us to do. It is about believing and doing. We have to have those things coupled together. We have a mandate to do what God has chosen for us to do. But in order to do that effectively, guess what? We have to know our identity. It is in God. Knowing our identity is becoming more and more important each day um, because we have to understand that in life, we're going to face some situations at times that may be testing, that may to come uh, in an attempt to challenge our faith. But God wants you and I to remember who we are, not only who we are, but whose we are. Remember where you are seated. Remember where you are seated. We are seated in victory. 
And my pastor, when I lived in Minnesota, I went to uh, love the ministry there. Um, the pastor in Minnesota, he really began to instill this in me. I, I just heard, of course, we could hear scriptures all day about, um, you know, about we could read the same scriptures all day. But one day it made so much sense to, sense to me, it became rhema. It became alive. It became real. It was revelation. And he began to talk about literally remember where you're seated. And uh, I will never forget what he said during one of the messages. He said, we are are not fighting for victory. He says we are fighting from victory because we are in Christ Jesus. So as you go through challenges, you have to know that challenges are just that. They're challenges, they're tests, but they are not your identity. The challenges are what we face, but your identity never changes, which is you will remain a child of God. You have to understand king and queen, just because that relationship didn't work, it didn't take away your identity. You will remain valuable. You will remain the head and not the tail. You will literally remain be remain and be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed coming in and blessed going out regardless of what type of situations attempt to test you financially at time. You remain who God says that you are because no one can change God's word. God's words. He is his word and his word is him. No one can erase what Jesus did on the cross. No one can remove you from the seat that God has allowed you to be in, which is in Jesus. The Bible says, literally, we are in God's hands. Who can pluck us out? You guys, you have to begin to think about this. I pray that your faith is getting stronger. I pray that literally something is shifting and shaking on the inside of you as I am going forth and ministering this message because God is saying it is time for you to know your identity. It is time for you to step out. It is time for you to let go of the past and trust me to bring you into a greater future. Much of this fight that is in this earthly realm, again, is an attempt to steal your identity and your place. It is an attempt to give you an identity crisis, but we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You have to think about it. What did Satan do? What did Satan do? He came while Jesus was in the wilderness and he came to test him to see if he knew who he was. It says in Matthew 4, if you are the son of God. Satan already knew, but he wanted to call an identity crisis to happen. Jesus at his most vulnerable times. And it's not an accident that the enemy may try to come to you when it seemed like the fire is the hottest. It seemed like you're going through so much hell. Then all of a sudden he wants to show up even more and to test who you are. We have to understand that um, Jesus knew who he was and, and Satan knew who Jesus was as well. And he knew that the power that he possessed. And even though Jesus was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man, guess what? He was still tested. His identity was still tested. That reminds us that we are still going to go through tests and challenges. This is how important it is for us to realize our identity. It is crucial. It is not by accident or coincidence that there is a heavy agenda or emphasis against the identity throughout this land. You got to think about it. It is because when you know who you are again, you will know your identity. 
Uh, you will know your authority. You think about it. Look around. What's going on? Agenda after agenda after agenda to make you have an identity crisis. What again? What did the what did the enemy do to Adam and Eve? He went to Eve, even though God didn't directly speak with her in the garden to give her instructions. But the serpent came um, to her with deception. In Genesis chapter three, the serpent asked Eve, "Did God really say he was a?" attempting to spew the voice that spoke to Adam and the voice already knew and the serpent already knew what God said. You know why? Because he was in the garden. You have to think about this. If the serpent heard what God told Adam, that means all of the animals that were in the garden knew as well and heard what God had said. And I've spoken, of course, of some of these points before. And you guys, if you didn't listen to the episode that I did a few months ago in regards to Adam and Eve and how um, Adam has a certain place and men have a certain place go back because it's going to make even more sense I want you guys to go back to that but I, I want to reiterate this because when you're going through testing times the accuser of the bre the brethren the Bible calls him the deceiver may try to get you to listen or believe the wrong voice not only was he after their identity but he was trying to confuse the voice that they were hearing we have to know um, know that someone's voice goes with their identity. You may say, well, hmm, how is that? For instance, if your mom called you, you know, today and you were in the same room with her, but she was behind you, um, you would know it was her. Why? Because you know her voice. Even if she wasn't in view, but you heard her behind you, you would know her voice. Her voice is connected to her identity because you've been around her long enough to learn that she is your mother, which is a type of identity to you. She's shown you that she is your mother. You don't have to second guess that. But at times when you go through things, you feel pressure or confusion regarding the situations, regarding certain situations at times it tries to pressure you to hear and believe other voice voices that attempt you to really question if God really said this did God really say this you know it try to make you question am I really God's child the voice was to try to even make you second guess if God's promises are certain in your life. But I'm here right now in this moment today to reiterate to you that knowing God's voice will help you keep the revelation, the revelation of your identity. And I want to let you know that you do hear God's voice. I'm here to let you know that the enemy is a liar. If he's spoken anything contrary against your identity today, as you're listening to this, God is speaking to you and saying you are a child of God. You belong to God. And then also knowing you have a relationship with God will help you continue to know God's voice. It will allow you to, to continue to go back to the source when you are facing issues, you guys. It will allow you to know literally um, to know who you to know God on a greater level to, to remind you that you are coming out stronger. It will remind you that no weapon formed or forged against you will prosper and that God is in, he's in you and he is with you. It will remind you where you are positioned again. Know where you're seated. You are seated in Christ Jesus. And again, nothing can change that. The Bible talks about it. Another scripture in uh, Ephesians. Ephesians uh, 1 19 through 23 it says and what is the exceeding greatness of his power 
towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ and he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and that every name that is named not only in this age but also in the ages to come this says a whole lot you guys understanding that we are seated in Christ Jesus also confirms that we are far above far over all principality powers dominion might after in, um, any name that is named did you hear that I want you guys to really understand what God is saying we're seated in Christ who is above all these things and so are we this is exciting news and so I remember the first time again that I grasped this revelation it, it, it changed the whole direction of my life and it was literally uh, as I was leaving Arizona and uh, a, couple, a couple months, maybe one or two months after that, I was headed to Arizona and God knew what I needed. He knew I needed a fresh revelation to help me through what I've gone through over the last seven years. He understood the identity attacks that would try to come. He understood what I would face, but he said, I'm going to, to feed you. I'm going to pour into you before you go. And that is how good God is because he does not want us to miss it again. When you know who you are, you will know your authority. And so I want to kind of read a couple of passages of stories in the Bible um, in regards to authority and also in regards to identity. And so just like the centurion man in the Bible, he knew who he was. He knew his position, his rank, that he knew of chain of command. And that's why he didn't allow Jesus to come under his roof or to his home because he understood Jesus would, Jesus would become subject to him under his roof. So let's just read that really quick because I want us to be able to grasp authority to be able to grasp identity and never let it go. So in Matthew um, chapter eight, five verses five through 10, it says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He says, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes and to another one comes and he comes into my servant, do this. And he does it. Then Jesus heard and he marveled. And he said to those who followed assuredly, he said, I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Jesus was excited that the centurion understood authority. He understood identity. He understood the chain of command. He understood literally the word of Jesus was powerful enough to work where they stood. That Jesus word could not only uh, uh, heal the servant there, but he, the word could heal the servant that was a distance away from them. He knew as Jesus spoke that things were moving, that things were being shaped. Things were shifting on and for their behalf. We have the same authority, you guys, with Holy Spirit and being alive in Christ. We must embrace the totality of what Jesus has done and that we literally can do it in Christ Jesus. And so Matthew 28 reminds me of that. 
And I hope that you guys, I know I have a lot of scriptures, but I hope that you guys are writing this stuff down because it's imperative, it's important for us to get this right now. Matthew 28 reminds us that we are authorized to walk in Jesus. We are authorized here on earth to do what he has called for us to do. Matthew 28 um, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 19, it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Listen, God has always been intentional about his people. You all, we must remember that no matter what forces attempt to come against, uh, attempted to come against God's people, he always fought for them. And so now I want to read another story, which I believe is important about identity, which is a, a, a brief, you know, glimpse of Moses story and how God protects his people. And so some backstory, let's see here, some backstory before I go ahead and read this is uh, Joseph had already died in um, in Egypt and the king, knew, the, the king that knew about Joseph and his lineage had all had also died. So when the new king had came into uh, came in Egypt, they were afraid because the Israelites were greater in numbers than them. And so they came up with a wicked plan to kill the baby boys to have a population control, um, you know, because we understand the seed comes from the man. And so let's read about this. I'm going to start there. And so starting at Exodus uh, chapter one, verses 20 through 22, and then I'm going to go to Exodus chapter two, and we're going to read more. It says, um, 20 says, therefore God, it says, therefore God dealt with the midwives. And the people multiplied and grew very mightily. And it says, and so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. 20 and then uh, 22. So Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who was born, you shall cast into the river and every daughter you shall save alive. Exodus chapter two, verses one through 15. It says, Let's see here. It says, and a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife, uh, took as a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that the, that he was beautiful, the child was beautiful. She hid him for three months, but she could no longer hide him. She then took, she then took an ark of the bull rushes for him and dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the uh, child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And then it says, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. And it's verse five. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she went to the maid and to get it. Verse six. And when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby wept. She had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Verse seven, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Verse eight, and Hebrew's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Verse nine, then, Her then uh, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him and the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Um, so she called him, called his name Moses saying, because I drew him out of the water. Verse 11, this talks about 
Moses' fling, but it also, I want you guys to pay attention, also talks about identity. Now, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out um, to his brethren um, and looked at their burdens. Did you hear that? He went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way, and he looked that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting, and he said to uh, to the one that was doing the wrong, why are you striking your companion? And then he said, who made you a prince or judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And it says, so Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by the well. I think this is a very, very imperative passage. A lot of people may not even look at it this way, but this talks heavily about identity. Even though Moses was raised by Egyptians, he still knew he was a Hebrew. He never forgot his identity, his lineage. Even though the enemy's plans were to stop the Hebrew lineage, um, which is God's people, uh, but God had a greater plan. God preserved Moses. Moses didn't know, know it at that point, but God had to allow him to be raised in Pharaoh's house to know their name, to know their ways. And also so uh, one day, eventually he would know the path or he would have some uh, identity or a way to go back to uh, Pharaoh because God will call him to go to let his people go. And so he eventually helped his own brethren out of bondage in Egypt. And so even though we know that murder is not something that we should do, Moses committed the murder, but if things didn't go as they would have planned and he would not have fled at the time that he did, God's people could have still been in bondage for a longer, for a, uh, such a long, longer period of time. But because he left, God was able to speak to him and give him instructions years later when it was time for him to go back and gave him instructions on what to do to save his people. Moses did not forget who he was. He didn't forget literally uh, his identity. And this is so imperative, again, knowing your identity because it can lead you to the next level, the next level that God has planned for your life. Knowing your identity can help you reach the things, again, that God has for you. But will you believe? Will you really believe that you are a child of God? Will you really believe that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Again, this message is so needed right now. It's imperative because too many people are going through identity crisis, not only uh, believers, but of not only people in the world, but there are some believers going through identity crisis right now. There are many who don't know God and they are waiting for us to share this message, to go and to encourage them, to tell them, you know, that they belong to God, to help them first and foremost, be led to Christ so that they can be engrafted in to do what God has called them to do. We have an assignment, kings and queens. My question is to you is what have you gone through that has allowed any circumstance to hinder you from moving in your God-given identity. Know that even if you've gone through the divorce, again, you're not the divorce. You are a child of God. If you were sexually or physically abused, you are not the abuse, You and, uh, but you are a child of God. Again, these experiences we have are to help us help other people and know that we are bigger than the situations that we face. And so, you guys, again, um, it, it's time like never before 
to understand and grab a hold that we are children of God, that we belong to God, that we are seated in heavenly places. Know that we cannot forget that we are spirits. We live in a body and we possess a soul. And I'm saying this because this reminds us that it's bigger than us. And we have to uh, understand that the spiritual realm, it orchestrates this natural realm. And again, the message um, that God has given us today in regards to identity, I know that it's going to shift, it's going to shake, it's going to do something in your life because it is even encouraging me. And this is something that God has given me to give to you. So I pray that this has blessed you powerfully. And if you are not a believer, I want to say a quick prayer. You can repeat it after me if you want to become um, in the family of God. God in heaven, thank you so much for loving me that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and that you raised him from the dead. I accept Jesus as my savior and I'm ready to live my life for you. If you said that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Keep supporting HSBN and remember to renew your mind. It is a gold mine. Love you. The preceding program was brought to you by the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network. Empower me with Aerie.